Welcome back to another episode of Wolford Weekly, where we discuss all things EastEnders. And I'm again once joined by Alex. <laughs> Hello, Alex. Hello. You don't have to say it with such feigned happiness. <laughs> and I'm here with Alex again. If, if you don't want me to be here, just let me know. And you I'll... can't go anywhere. That's the trouble, isn't That's it? That's true. I could camp up in the back garden, maybe. <laughs> With the cat. With the cat. Yeah, the cat would like that. Mm. He's, he's lost lots of weight. This has done him the world of good as Charlie. I well, know, he's loving lockdown, isn't he? Well, he's loving it for the wrong reasons. Because there's more birds and animals about, like, enjoying the human-free mm. environment that they've now cultivated. Charlie the cat's now seen as an opportunity to hunt a lot more. Mm. He is in the room. He won't go out. So there may be background noises at yes. some point throughout this. You may have noticed there's meows now on our videos a lot more often. <laughs> and also our podcast. Last week, there was a occasion where no you could hear a cat scratching a door from... i tried to edit it out but it can't always be done you can't edit out charlie no he's fame hungry he's got fan mail as well this week has he yep someone sent a message to us to say for charlie the cat it wasn't Aww. even for us it was a message directly for charlie the cat good so he's now got his own fan i'm and glad about that yeah i am too however uh you cannot this is a really tenuous link you cannot vote for charlie in our third annual wolford weekly awards that's right we're doing it for a third year Oh yeah, good. Mm. No soap awards this year, but we're, we're yeah. still going. Yeah, it's, it's the same time as we've done it every other year, um, and that is the weekend of what would have been the soap awards. So the a special podcast episode at the end of the month. But if you want to vote, just go to bit.ly/wolfordvote20. Bit.ly/wolfordvote20, and you can vote for all kinds of things like best bitch. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, best. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mr. Wolford. Me. Miss mm. Wolford. Me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best ensemble piece. Best. Uh, Me and Charlie. Yeah. Best newbie. Charlie. He, he is. Best exit. The Julius Smith Award. You. Best exit. <laughs> You just want me to exit. And there's lots and lots and lots more. All you have to do is go bit.ly slash wolfordvote20 and you can vote on there. Uh, one vote per person. We've already had, we've already exceeded the number of votes we got last year, which is fantastic. I know. Like on the first day, we had more yeah. than we got last year in like two weeks. Yeah. So, so the link is actually on all our social media as well, so you can find it on there. Details at the end of the show. Um, it shows we're growing. So it, that's always fun. I'm always growing for you, Ben. <laughs> and uh, it's a great it's a great way of just letting us know what you think about how the soap is going so far by just getting involved and joining in. And as I say, there'll be a special episode, but we'll publicise that a bit nearer the time. We should have had a vote on if people like the incidental music or not, shouldn't we? I think there's a... I think we don't need a vote for that by <laughs> the, the general tone on Twitter. Um, this Everywhere. Week. Everyone hates it, don't they? I act... Well... I will discuss it with you when we come to the okay. time comes. Um, so we're discussing the episodes between the 4th and 5th of May. And we're starting off with the Whitney, Grey, Chantel, Kirit storyline. Because mm. they're still... We're carrying on from last week, basically, um, where they're still... Kirit and Chantel are stuck in the office with no electricity. Mm. They've only got themselves to talk to. Organising the office so there's nice feng shui. Mm-hmm, which the mum won't approve of. No. no. She'll rearrange it anyway. And then we've also got... Whitney, who's allegedly kidnapped, but the oddest kidnapping in the world. Halfway through, Whitney was like, I think I'm going to go now. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we would continue on from that. And Gray's obviously in a rage because he can't get hold of Chantel. Well, Chantel's not helping him. Mm. And he's he doesn't need Chantel's help because he went there anyway. So. No, he, was just, he was just driving to Whitney's. But I suppose everything's beginning to tear him apart, isn't it? He's um just he's getting himself frustrated by mm. no one seems to be paying him or taking what he's doing seriously. And Whitney is. Well, Whitney. Whitney is, but she's in a in a in a quite a comical situation, as you say. She's she's trapped in a room which she can easily escape from and has mm. every right to. Yeah, she just picks up her coat and a bag, and she's like, "Right, well, I'm off now." Yeah, gives know. her a hug and a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> Bye, Michaela. But Michaela did ask her to stay, so because a few home truths came out, mainly by uh, by Whitney toward Michaela, that really it's not Whitney's fault. And finally, Michaela's beginning to see the light and realise that it actually has been Tony and Leo and. Mm. And she's blaming herself a little bit about it. Well, it's the revelation that she's basically said that she kind of knew all along, but never reported it. And she'd walked in on Tony and the babysitter once, and yeah. she didn't think Leo would pick up on all of this. The babysitter but... was 13. We should stress yes. that. It wasn't just like a college student who no. was helping. No, this was an underage girl who Leo had um, shown attraction toward. Mm. And apparently someone around bus stops as well. He would hang around. And you'd look at all the school children and yeah. all sorts. Yeah. And um, yeah, Michaela's basically asking 
for forgiveness from Whitney, saying, please forgive me, I kind of feel just as guilty as what well, about she, you, really. She feels guilty because she could have stopped it. The signs were there and she mm. didn't, although she, and it wasn't a fact that she hadn't noticed them, she had, it's that she didn't do anything to carry out further with them. She knew that Tony was sexually harassing young girls, um, including Whitney, but kind of didn't put a stop to it. Mm. And then she knew that Leo was out for revenge against Whitney, thinking that Whitney was, you know, the the trouble and wasn't Tony's fault at all, his father. And again, didn't put a stop to it. So it kind of does explain retrospectfully everything we've been complaining about up until this point, and that is that she got knocked in a boot by Leo. And (laughs) why did she, why is she still seeing that he is right? So she was almost blinded by her own guilt that she thought that she you know yeah. I, I've been she, right I've been wrong so far but I must be right about this mm, now she didn't want to admit the um mm. truth of her family I guess but it was interesting that she asked for forgiveness and Whitney wouldn't give it to her she said I can't forgive you she can't erase everything that mm. that's been done because of her but it, Whitney was very kind about it to be fair it wasn't done viciously mm. she just said and she almost kind of said that in time this will you know time is a good healer and this is an instance where I I will forgive you or I will at least tolerate you. Yeah, or you'll be able to move on with your life mm. or carry on. But I did find it interesting. It was quite ominous the way they ended Michaela because um, she said, oh, I don't think I... It was something like along the lines of, I don't know if I'll be able to live with myself if you don't forgive me. Mm. And th- and like Grey came in to rescue Whitney and they went and he and Grey wanted to press charges against Michaela, but Whitney said, no, I don't want to do that. Which well, she's, she's been suffered enough. enough. Yeah. yeah. And I'm wondering if like, what would the repercussions be if Michaela now commits suicide? Like was that, would that not help Whitney's case or would it undo anything I think Whitney's case I don't think anything that it's basically Michaela fine now do. isn't it well yeah anything Michaela does or from this point onwards I don't think will will weaken Whitney's case I think it's more that if Michaela had done something to herself that she might bring more guilt onto Whitney's shoulders and mm. that's that sounds about right for the writers yeah why not <laughs> I mean there's another thing the writers seem to like doing is just destroying and killing one family in one go one fell swoop like with mel hunter well, yeah. and ray so makes sense is, is this is this now going to happen with leo tony and michaela yeah. yeah is this it is this the end of the king family mm. i don't think that when like that lingering shot on her alone in her bed sit and i thought oh i bet it gets reported like michaela's killed herself and then that means some sort of evidence won't like it'll create some sort of drama with gray mm. and something well will will whitney cry in gray's shoulders because to on Monday's episode, we begin, began to see the beginnings of the uh, relationship between Grey and Whitney being perhaps more than professional. Oh, yeah, we heard piano. <laughs> In the so this it was... wasn't Tommy playing or Jean. Tommy was... <laughs> Tommy was busy, wasn't it? It was um, actual p- background music that we heard playing piano. And yeah, Grey and Whitney seemed to be mm. coupling up or falling for her but we said this months ago we don't want this to happen i mean the piano wasn't for her the piano pieces were both used for isaac mm, because, and Chantel. oh yeah and Chantel when she was looking out the mm. window um so it was more of a emote to the audience i mean are they doing it for because they're they're less known characters perhaps and that's why they wanted the audience to kind of be more <laughs> attached to with isaac's case anyway oh, isaac's first piano piece was awful when it was like just five seconds of random piano then it stopped mm. <laughs> it was like what no it was wasn't, it stopped because the scene ended. Yeah, but it was just stupid. It wasn't needed. It wasn't needed both times. And I thought like it was because you hear music, so you automatically think, oh, they've used music. This is going to be a big moment. I thought Grey was going to come in. And it was going to be, he was going to hit Chantel and there'll be slow motion cameras and all these shots. But that didn't happen. He just ended up talking to Whitney about how, how amazing he is that Whitney mm. said, you're there for me. You saved me, even though he didn't. But the next day we saw Chantel and she was, you could see that she'd been beaten by mm. Grey and you know, she'd lift up her shirt and Grey made a bit of a sarcastic comment about, you know, don't forget your phone when you go to work next time. And I do, do you think that they took the, the, the abusive scenes out because of the environment that we're in at the moment? And perhaps the audience don't need to see too much yeah, um, down, you know, down TV. The BBC have got, maybe they, they feel like it's their remit to entertain. Yeah. And not bring. Like, I do think that because it has been like re-edited because people's 
characters are appearing in the credits where they don't appear in the episode. Mm. So I guess maybe they might have edited something out. But I mean, we have got Chantel's side of the story to talk about as well because she was still stuck in the call center. Well, she couldn't get out of the call center because Jags had messed up the security system, mm. and they have a, again not really explained why, but they have a deadlock door, <laughs> so no one can security. come into their call. Yeah, but security from what? To what, lock what's... Lola in there when they kidnap her. <laughs> what's the call center for? No one really knows, no. and it's, it's like you know, if it is for their bug zapping business, why, mm. why, why do they need heightened security for that? <laughs> what are they expecting? Like a, a army of rats to come in and start abusing them in one well, way? Well, they have dodgy deals, I think. They're a bit like the Mitchells, aren't they? They have a business, but it's also there's also a business mm. in the business, I think. Yeah, but don't get Jags involved with it then, because Jags is clearly the loose they cannon to, in the environment. They, the mum will make him, won't he? Well, he was Give doing Jags nothing, a though. job, go on. Yeah, but he was doing nothing, like, the whole time. Like, I, you know, he wasn't on the other side of the door, kind of saying, is this working? Was this happening? He didn't seem to be fixing the problem he maybe, created. Maybe Habiba interrupted and they um, went off to a dark alley together. Well, the last we saw of Habiba and Jags was them looking at each other and kind of giving exactly. themselves the eye. So maybe what, he so got tied up with Habiba. He got busy with Habiba, did he? <laughs> Doesn't matter, but we had some nice character moments because the whole of Tuesday was loads of like two characters in a room scenes, which we enjoy because they were more about the character. And we did learn a lot more Tuesday. about the first episode of the week, the one where it was just lots of two people in rooms. There was Isaac and Cherie, there was Whitney and Michaela, there was Krat and um, Chantel. And it was a really and good Phil episode. Phil and Linda. And Phil and Linda, yeah. So it was lots of two handers all going through. Um, and we finally learned a bit more about Karat. He's not a playboy, he's no. quite loyal. He's been busy looking after his brothers, bringing them up as a dad well he's had to look after his family because his father got put in prison so he's not had time to find romance or love so though he puts over this persona of being a bit of a you know a player he's mm-hmm. not actually a player at all and he he admitted this to Chantel as Just well to dark Chantel's and handsome. surprise He's a very handsome guy, and I think... I mean, that mood lighting was, wow, quite something. Well, the red light. <laughs> Again, they had an emergency red light. Yeah, but there was, like, <laughs> fog in the background. It was all very sexy, wasn't it, in that room with him and I Chantel. think you're remembering the scene a bit different to what I remember it as. It was just the the street lights outside coming no, in. No, there was fog. There was no fog. There Where was. would the fog have come from? It was, it was like, dust in there, because it was a new office. Oh, okay, okay. Was, but That's it was not like fog, a, It was a fog machine. Yeah, but no. <laughs> Go back and watch the scenes and you'll see at the window there's fog. Like, you know when Whitney was in prison or in the um, the interview yeah, room but that's, with Kat? It's dust, as you said. Yeah, You're saying it was it's dust. That. It, was it the... looked like fog. Fog machine. It was giving the impression of <laughs> dust. But it was nice to know a bit more about Karat, wasn't it? And finding out a bit more about him. Mm, I mean, you don't really learn a lot. You just learn that he's a family. Yeah, something is better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, true. true. You're, you're, he's opening up a little bit. Mm. I mean, you learn a bit more also that he's he's much more forgiving than he you first perceived him to be when he was with his mum on the Tuesday episode. And, you know, his mum had a go at Jean in the shop. And he actually said to Kush that, you know, he, so, he was sorry for what his mum had said. So he's a lot more softer character than... I think we first thought he w- he was when he started the whole, you know, kidnapping and trying mm. to intimidate Ben and... <laughs> And which is better because it rounds off his edges a bit better mm. and it makes him a bit more rounder. So, it you know, again, they're doing it with Corit and they're doing it with Vinny. So why are they not doing it with Jags? Why is Jags still this comedy, guffawed character, this very flawed character who likes to eat too much? That's all we know about him. Oh, and now he's got a relationship with Habiba, yeah, another you, character who's two-dimensional. Yeah, you also know that Jags is being belittled by his family his whole life so there's that sort of aspect to it yeah, but, but then have him open up to Habiba about that rather than just trying to be this buffoon you know mm. he's just a buffoon I mean, character. could do because Habiba had that bit with um honey where she said oh i used to put on all this makeup too i thought that's all that was there to the world was to look good mm. so there's that side of her people where she's realized recently that it's not all about looks so maybe there's that sort of thing that her and jags can um open up about not that I want to see it on screen. <laughs> well, I know I would like to see it on screen. I'd like to. The only reason that I have this affliction against Jags and Habiba is the fact that I don't know anything about them. So I feel like they're they're ripe for the plucking. They're there to be targeted. Mm. And if they if they started to open up and give us some more information about Jags and Habiba, you know, make them instead of this rumored storyline of the fact that Habiba's pregnant with Jags, which is just it's it's as plain and boring as the two characters are (laughs) just give them have i would happily have them have a scene similar to what they had on the monday episode as you said the lots of two hander scenes where the two 
characters were just sat in a room talking to one another have that with Habiba and Jags because all they've had is they had that one scene in the hallway at the armoured house then they had that scene when they slept together then they had the scene when Jags got chucked out the door then they've had a couple of scenes when they've kind of given each other the look in the market in the nightclub and that's it and now we're meant to ride the story about them that they're that Habiba's pregnant with Jags' kid and okay perhaps there's going to be the undertones that they have different religions well whoopee doo yeah but you're forgetting Habiba's contract she's only allowed two lines an episode yes, so that's the trouble that is true but again, they can only fit so much in. the lines they give her are just just really can I take nothing. your order yeah haha <laughs> <laughs> boobs you know it's like what's, what's oh anyway we're going off track here I mean, you are yes yes Karat and Chantel's story is developing and we're learning okay. stuff about Karat and she almost tell, told Karat about um, her and Grey's relationship as well but then the lights came on. Yes, just in time for <laughs> so, her to oh. be like, oh, whoops, um, I think I've got somewhere to be and mm. runs off. I would have preferred it if she did tell him. Like, it's time now for it just just to move it that one little step forward, the storyline. Mm. And that was so close to it. Um, so that annoyed me. But I... I quite like Chantal and Karat together. They work well together with, as actors. And, oh, so do I. And they brought out a lot more with each other. So, mm. yes, that's that's all good. Right, it's going to move on now to Bobby Bill. Because we saw the aftermath of Bobby's um, drug overdose. Mm, and Ruby didn't want anyone to know. So she quickly <laughs> sc- hurried them into the, cup- into, the, <laughs> not into the cupboard, into her office. She was like, take them to the office. No one needs to know anymore. Mm. She's obviously um, similar to the Albert got a drug problem now as well. <laughs> um, something Ian Bill wants to crack down on as well, apparently. I know, he's he, using his influence to mm, crack down on it. He's very aware of the drug problem happening around Albert Square, Wolford. And he wants it. He wants a zero tolerance. Just like his mum, Kath. Well, who was a drug pusher at one point? Well, she, she she was a drug pusher and also <laughs> hoarder of drugs because she used to keep drugs in her safe at mm. the Albert. Not money because <laughs> she didn't make any, just just drugs. <laughs> there was a whole thing with um, Bobby because like Peter and Bobby were like, we need to keep this secret, but they were saying it in front of Ian in the living room, which was a bit weird. They want to keep this big thing secret, mm. but they're talking in front of him, mm. um, and they find out that it was Dottie that sold the drugs because Bobby ends up being upset that Dottie didn't accept his date. Well, Bobby's embarrassed, isn't he? Mm. So Dottie showed him a little bit of attention and we saw this months ago when Bobby came back to the square with Tiff Mm. where no one was kind of giving him the time of day. Tiff did start showing him a little bit of attention and we did think then that perhaps he was going to make a beeline towards Tiff but he's basically moved his affections on to Dottie who also showed him some attention too. Mm. Well, attention. I did think Bobby was a bit silly like Dottie turned him down and he got all upset it's like well that happens Bobby like you don't have to yeah and then blaming her and stuff it's like mm, but Bobby unfair. Bobby had his let's call them informative years in prison didn't he so his time growing up becoming mature and you know puberty and all that fun that men and women have to go through <laughs> to grow up kind of happened when he was in prison so he's not really had an opportunity to kind of learn how to be with a girl or kind of mm. the, the the way of courting if we're going to make it very English the way how to court a woman and I guess he was never good with rejection or arguments because obviously he killed his sister well and he whacked his, his um, Jane. stepmom yeah. his Jane he's whacked his stepmom with a hockey stick so mm. yes that's, so that's, that's, so that's good to be fair by the writers that they've remembered that Bobby isn't great by being told no but he's obviously able to channel his anger a little bit better now and Mm. he's able to speak to his family which is also great to see he's actually able to open up to his dad ian and he's got that trust to ian and and peter's really supportive as well which was surprised me i didn't expect him to be so supportive so quickly but Mm. he's acting his big brother role quite well but peter did say that he wasn't sure when he came back whether he was going to forgive bobby he said that on the outset but um after jay and his hiccup fit but (laughs) He 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 realized that his his irresponsibility that he needed to step up and look after his brother as well. So yeah, it's nice that Peter's doing that, and he does step up to him by then going to see Dottie and telling her that you know everything she says is lying. He doesn't believe her any anymore. The fact that he she let his brother take the brunt of the blame in the nightclub that night when mm. he was still recovering from you know passing out from taking the the laughing gas. Yeah, which you know, were Dottie's drugs. Like she said, oh, I didn't sell them to him, but no, but she was in directly mm. the, you know the problem yeah to say that to ian dotty well which is our point from the beginning Poor of this Dennis. wasn't it last you know for weeks we've been saying why does dotty feel like she can get on her high horse when really what she's doing is no different you know she has almost killed someone now mm. by selling these drugs is she going to now pull back and stop selling laughing gas as a little bit of extra profit yeah, exactly well probably, no different to what happened with dennis no and different ian. whatsoever you know ian obviously didn't sell denny drugs but no but ian punished denny thinking mm. the boat would arrive safely mm. it didn't because of Phil. Phil is the laughing drug. Dennis is Bobby and Dottie is Ian. 
Okay. In that situation. <laughs> she needs to look at it that way, doesn't she? Okay. And open her eyes. So, yeah. So, Dottie really has no right to kind of take this holier-than-thou view over Ian when, really, she's not doing anything that is any better. And I think she's kind of learnt that now. But then there was that really annoying scene where, at the end, where Ian had got a bench. Denny's bench. Another bench. Another bench. A metal bench. So, it should stand mm. the test of time. It's horrible colours. It's colours of the West Ham. team. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing that in the square is going to be grotty. Mick will be pleased. Yeah, but they'll age it. It's time goes on, it'll be aged. Yeah, it takes ages. The chalk from all the Shaquille messages is still on Arthur's bench. Now it's on chalk. I don't think I don't think they used chalk, did they? They oh, look like chalk. They used, they, I think they used permanent pens. Oh, really? Yeah. Still. They're to vandalise Arthur's bench, I still won't forgive them. Mm. I know Shaquille deserved a memorial, but <laughs> get him his own bench. Denny's got a bench tree. Now. And no, people normally get a tree <laughs> yeah. planted for them, don't they? Yeah, and then the body's underneath mm. and the dog digs it up and then it gets killed. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then they did the bench and Kathy made a very passionate speech about how great her son is. Vinny then said, oh, he shouldn't be allowed to get away with this. And Dottie seemed to distance herself a bit from it. Now she kind of realised, oh, maybe I am going to break up the family by doing this mm. and I don't really want to hurt Bobby. And she does have feelings for Peter. So, is, you know, is it her emotions that are going to stop her eventually from... I don't think so. Upset to, I think she was still fully... Car? on board with the plan mm. she's waiting for Sharon to get back from her holiday we also had the Lola and Jay um storyline um going <laughs> yeah god because it's just so like Peter and Jay are suddenly best friends like overnight because of the whole sleeping together thing with Lola and Peter and it's just so like it's basically just written just for this stupid storyline which no one cares about this weird love triangle mm. where Peter like almost tells Jay because they're best mates now and also did you notice that Lola was in the nightclub wearing a fleece jacket right is that a problem well why was she wearing a fleece jacket in maybe the she nightclub? was cold what in Ruby's well Ruby's isn't exactly the the, the most hottest place well, on very earth, odd. It? It, doesn't look, it doesn't look very sweaty there. Lola normally walks around in winter with a highlighter yellow um, oh, no, that's true. That's tank true. top on. Yeah. Then in the nightclub she's wearing coats and jackets. Maybe she's odd. the opposite of everyone on the square. <laughs> she gets cold in the summer and mm. hot in the winter. You never know. But um, Jay's offering Peter a job as well. Yeah, uh, I mean... <sighs> So if if you're best friends with Jay, do you basically automatically get a job offer working at the funeral park? Yeah, with no training. Is that basically how it works now? <laughs> so he 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 got friendly with Callum, gave him a job in the funeral parlor. Got friendly with Stuart, gave him a job in the funeral parlor. Mm-hmm. Is that the, basically how you apply for? Is that the the way the application process works in Jay's world? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're a mate. I'll give you a job. And it's such a rubbish job for a bill like peter bill to do undertaking it's like no. i know it doesn't suit it doesn't it like at least having work on the fruit and vegetable with martin well, we haven't seen martin i don't months. think there's enough trade on the fruit and vegetable well martin. the undertakers has got a lot of staff haven't they but um i don't know it's just he's he came into this as a recast character in the first episode he was in they mentioned that he's a personal trainer hmm. and he's been doing personal training courses yeah. as well with Habiba as one of them yeah so why, there's plenty of people on the square who would do personal training hmm. with him if they wanted that storyline not necessarily even on the square well for, for Kush, Kush sake, would love it who was it that um who had a personal trainer to get more information it was oh it was it was um Mel Mel used a personal trainer, didn't she? Oh, yeah, for one of Ray's wives. To find out about Ray's wives. So, mm. you know, there is a market there. Okay, Mel's dead, but there was obviously <laughs> other young... Sharon, people. she'd love it. Sharon, she's bought some new trainers, some new kicks. She'll be there. <laughs> She'll be there, right there. She needs to know, you know. And Callum, don't forget, he needs a bit of PT for his... Uh, he football, does. His, 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 his police test. Yeah, his police training. He <laughs> might have passed the interview somehow, but he still needs to do the physical. Mm. That's right. Plenty of people who need that job. Yeah, so it's a bit silly they've given him that, but... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's... Makes... Deadwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what the writers are telling us? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 he had a perfectly fine job. There was no real need to kind of... It's just to mix him up, isn't it? Okay. Again, this, is, this seems to be the problem at the moment. It seems to be story for plot purposes. So now they've made Jay and Peter best friends and working together so that there's always that tension, that Lola's worrying that mm. she's gonna, they're going to find out that, you know, she slept with Peter. I saw someone online write something saying that all the storylines now... They have their act one, act two, act three, mm. but there's never a build up to the 
act and there's never an aftermath. It's like one act, act three ends, like that it literally it ends and then mm. it's move on to the next story. Mm, it's I true. thought that's really the way that person, I can't remember it was, but the way that person wrote that, it was like, oh yeah, that is exactly what it is. Mm, it's a real good point. Mm. And, and it kind of also reflects a little bit on the point we both made a week or so ago that there doesn't seem to be as much interaction outside of their story anymore either. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like when we both praise so much that when Kate Oates introduced, was introduced as the executive producer that there was a lot more characters mingling with one another and that seems to have been pitted out and they mm. haven't gone to the block storytelling at all. So there's nothing to panic about that just yet. But no, yeah. it seems to be that that's the direction they're heading back toward and it's, it's it will be a real shame if that is what happens. Mm. And was... also the fact that they keep planning, like they, we know that Letitia Dean has time off. We know that Steve McFadden has certain time off. They know that Rudolph, who plays Patrick, has certain time off. Mm. And the way they've placed these storylines, like Dennis dying over a period where Steve McFadden's not there to film. Mm. And then they've done the Isaac reveal and then the week before Rudolph is off on holiday for three months. It's like, why? They know they're on holiday at these times every year, Mm. every single year. Yet they've given these big storylines to the characters a week before they're off on holiday. Yeah, pull them away from having a big story until their return and then bring a big story onto them. Mm. I mean, also, in a funny way, okay, maybe they're using Phil um, and Sharon because they're kind of the stock characters the people like to see and want to see stories about. Use them in the autumn or the summer not Christmas. Yeah, use them in the time when they can be used to their their max potential and actually then give the kind of younger characters I mean, soap is only as young as the blood that you put into it and they need to they need to start really pushing these younger characters and families as like to be the new next generation of characters that Mm. you will want to see in 10 years time yeah because there isn't anyone like i know there's loads of new young characters and they are to be fair they're like dotty's good bobby's good mm. lola not so much um <laughs> but like there is a good young group of characters but yeah. there's like the ones that are younger where on other soaps when you when i've been watching cory recently or emma day or whatever like lots of the children actually feel like character like they have their own personalities yeah and like they're about 10, 11. But on EastEnders, there's not. You're either a baby and then you're a character once you're 17. Like mm. well, that whole in between is nothing. Yeah, the, the, the school age kids, mm. they don't seem to have anything, again, nothing no. to develop with. I mean, I think, is it Steve and Steve and Tracy? We're talking about Coronation Street now. Steve and Tracy's daughter, I don't know what her name is, but it doesn't matter. She and her friends and, fa- and group have had, what, two, three stories in the last mm. six months? Yeah. Um, there was the pregnancy storyline and there's now um online bullying storyline i believe yeah, happening skin with them. bleaching skin bleaching storyline mm-hmm. and these are all stories which are aimed toward a young audience so uh they can you know get the netflix generation that thing that buzzword that buzz term yeah. that yeah but it's a buzz term that they that both kate yeah, oates think... and yeah but both kate oates and john sen have both said that they want eastenders to try, try to involve mm. to become but so, their version of that is play me background music <laughs> yeah, well exactly that yeah but that's not what having I'm engaging storylines which combination street has they're having mm. engaging storylines with a young cat cast playing stories that they can that a young audience can reflect on and mm. get absorbed with of course they have their big storylines as well they have the they have the domestic violence storyline themselves in Coronation street at the moment arguably being portrayed better than what eastenders is doing mm. i didn't like it that much but you have praised it quite a lot we've not seen all of it no but the scene i've seen i thought it was it was almost like watching what you don't like about eastenders at the moment and that's they've kind of had red lights on his face to show he is yeah, but evil they've used that once in like two years not every other yeah, we don't know because we've not been watching <laughs> i know street exactly that point. <laughs> um, have you this isn't a coronation street it's podcast. not but what my point is is that like they're they're relying so heavily on your point they're relying so heavily on these older characters older characters that have now got these nice little cushy contracts where they can just float off for a month and come back Mm. and it's fine and when they should be investing their time and their efforts on perhaps younger audience and characters and they were getting there with Habiba with Ikra with the um, Panasas and they you know this new blood that was flooding into the show and just going round in circles again what have they done with them what have they actually done with them they're only mm. now doing something with Corette it's because they're new families and new characters like back in the classic days you've got Janine as a child but she has 
you know that Janine is this horrible child. Yeah, because they've given her stories, yeah, functional stories exactly. with Pat and and, and Frank. It's, and it's from families that you know about. Whereas now mm. they've killed everyone's sons and daughters. Mm. So now these characters coming into it who are younger, we don't care about because we don't know them, and they don't ever explain to us why we should care about Isaac mm. or why we should care about Habiba or Dotty. Like we don't know these people. True, That's the trouble. you're right. But then, as an example, later in the classic episode, watch them on Drama Channel. They're into nineteen ninety. <laughs> they're actually about to introduce the Jackson family that was a whole new family mm. and they introduced them with a bang like each and every there was a huge lot, lot each one of them had a big story the Carol had a big story with a mixed race relationship Bianca had a big story mm-hmm. um, Sonia Sonia had, had a big story <laughs> it's her trumpet <laughs> but they all had so they introduced this new family and they instantly had them had a point they had a point to be there exactly that and they've not done that with the Panacea Brothers no. with Habiba with Ikra they're only now having a point to be there and I mean I'm all for one to being introduced to a family slowly and getting to know them but there's slow and then there's mm. slower than a snail but pace. it's the same as Sheree and Isaac really mm. like they've been on the show eight months what do you really know about Sheree as a person yeah I know she's fiery and she's a great actress but that's all I know mm. so it's like asking us to care that this is Patrick's son this big revelation but you're meant to care because Patrick is and as, as a stock character. Yeah, but he's only plopped on it every one episode every three months. Um, Patrick mm. and Sheree have only appeared in 30 episodes. Well, this year. In 2020, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. And, so, and they've well, been given this big revelation storyline. Again, a big revelation storyline where it doesn't seem there was no real payoff to it. There was no, no build up to holiday. it. Because let's talk about um, Patrick and Isaac and Cherie now. So you've got this story where Isaac has now found out that Patrick is his father. Cherie has admitted it eventually after <laughs> still claiming that she knows nothing about it. And that, you know, know. what is this thing you call sex? She carried on like lying. And I was like, oh, come on, Cherie. Mm. Like, he's he knows. He's asked yeah. you outright. He does know. You might as well just admit it now. But again, all the story, all these things that Isaac claims to be little hints that Patrick seems to be dropping... Happened off off camera. Yeah, I know. He's like, all those times we've gone out and had a good time. It's like, I remember you going to the Prince Albert once where you were horrible yeah. to him and you played Boggle, Boggle. Last, <laughs> last episode. With the name Sun on it. It's like, so you haven't, we've not seen any of this bond building no, or anything. No, And it just, it, again, it's, and so if, if there was some kind of build up to this point, perhaps we wouldn't need a music cue to help us emote a feeling <laughs> toward it. It's almost like the producer or the director knows that, Oh, this story, no one really gives a damn about it. Mm. Oh, chuck in some music. That might help people (laughs) raise their spirits Mm. and lift it to a higher level of the story. I think all that did is make people laugh at it, unfortunately. Mm. I mean, Lots of people said they were watching it with their family and their family laughed when the music started. Oh, really? "Mm, That's not what we (laughs) are aiming for here. But, um, you know, we had that whole revelation about um, Patrick being the dad and isaac well he'll come to terms of it and then they went off on holiday yeah um but the trouble is obviously because of the situation now patrick's not going to be back on screen for even longer than any other character because he's in the elderly category like big mo they're going to be off our screens longer i think than regular characters Mm. so that's i don't know what they're going to do with this isaac storyline now he's just going to be hanging around the square for what six months it's going to be i guess guess. they've attached denise to it and I think that was a shrewd move. But mm. the thing is, again, it feels as though it's kind of just been wrapped up because Isaac was meant to help Tommy with his tutorage. He was so upset by finding out that his father, that he's known, or the man he thought was his father wasn't, and now mm. it's Patrick, um, and so drowned his sorrows a little bit, was found in the pub by Denise. And Denise was a bit like, no. Step up your game. You can be better than this uh, mm. whole situation. Why don't you show that your kids that you teach at school that you are a better man than perhaps Patrick could have should have been to you? And then also, that was it, it. It doesn't change like the man that he thought was his dad it doesn't really change anything like he still brought him up he still loved yeah do you know what i mean which is kind of he died and isaac was grieving it's like well none of that's really Hmm. changed okay he raised the memory no so it's a bit like okay like why is that i know it's a big issue knowing that he's not really your dad but it doesn't taint your memory of I can't remember the dad's name. Um, it doesn't taint Isaac's memory of who he thought his dad was. It just means he now has a chance to have a relationship with Patrick, who's yeah. willing to have a relationship with him. Mm, and he wants to open up to him. Um, mm. And it's not like uh, uh, Patrick abandoned them because he didn't know um, about Isaac. So like... Well, exactly. Uh, but Patrick only found out himself, what, a month ago? Mm. And 
yeah, it's just so it's really the the reasoning behind why Cherie wanted to keep it so quiet, to keep this weird big secret. Because originally, I don't know if this was always the plan, but she was all she was kind of is she evil at the beginning, wasn't she? And there was all those talks of dead ex husbands with her mum and well, yeah, there inheritance was and stuff. Mm, and and the, then it was just it was a secret son. And when also oh. she was trying to she was trying to throw it seemed as though she was trying to throw Denise out of the house and oh yeah and the, yeah and there was the, there was the hint wasn't there where mm. she was kind of like saying oh you know you're marrying into money or you you've married into money with Patrick yeah. well, again what money yeah, I know really money on a failing salon he yeah he sold a few records and uh, he owned some property in Albert Square <laughs> that's mm, I mean yeah. that's probably worth quite a lot of money the the property in Square but mm. still I mean Denise rightly said that you know you need to be this model now this role model that perhaps you never felt like you had but as you just mentioned that seems really unfair to the man who did bring him up all this time yeah who he considered her, to be i his thought father. he brought him up really well because isaac loved and doted on him that was mm. sheree's argument for not telling him the truth so it's all a bit odd but we're not going to see any more of this for months now so it's just all very bizarre no i suppose it's just gonna unless be they ev- do a skype call with patrick <laughs> from trinidad or no from his house because yeah. he's himself with a green screen. isolation <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it feels it feels like an opportunity again just thrown away it mm. just doesn't there was no build-up to it i mean there could have been a real nice i understand that it's not on the level of cat and and so yeah, there's no reason it could have been that was a year and a half storyline it could have been couldn't it yeah sheree was... isaac they were cat and zoe were new characters mm. at the time it's just that we haven't seen sheree isaac or patrick in apart from huge plot point scenes mm. we haven't seen anything in between them. i think in a way it's a shame that they had killed off isaac's kind of at home father as well not his but obviously Patrick's mm. still alive and that Cherie had just divorced and then remarried Patrick because they could have maybe introduced him into the mix too and had Patrick knowing this whole time that he is the father while he watches his son doting on who yeah. Isaac believed was his father yeah and that guy's really nice so Patrick yeah. doesn't want to ruin his memory yeah mm. and it then perhaps another layer to it and perhaps his adoptive father then starts to show a a few cracks in you know his his relationship and this could be then patrick's calling card to Mm. kind of like maybe wanting to step in and seeing that perhaps he's not so good for isaac after all i mean it cracked me up when patrick was in the pub while isaac was finding out from sheree patrick was his father and that patrick basically having known this boy for what a month two months not not (laughs) very long december yeah yeah and and not really had that many interactions that we've seen talking about how he sees himself in isaac and he's a chip of his own block (laughs) and like you know he's he's a bit feisty and he likes a joke and he likes to have a drink you know just like me and it was like oh come on now you're really forcing the issue on us here (laughs) just stop this Mm. we get it you're the father now well done let's just see how this the the roll of the dice happens the secret's out now so we can only see i guess now we're going to see isaac as his own character for a while so him and kush could be best friends Mm. who knows i'd like to see isaac on his own now to be honest with you i think now that i don't want him to be evil either i don't think he will be i hope not but he's a professional man so yeah that's true the odds are against him um so we're going to go on to our game now before we talk about the rest of the week um and we're going to dip into a fruit bowl so we're here to play pauline's fruit bowl (laughs) which is a long-running game where i filled pauline's fruit bowl up with a lot of categories and alex has to pick one at random and say as many answers to that category as he can in 30 seconds and then in a minute i will ask him a question and however many correct answers he got from his category he then uses as lifelines to answer my second question is that convoluted and explored explained well enough for everyone think so yes good each um, correct question is basically a life and then you have your lives to answer the second harder question mm, mm. you missed a trick really with this fruit bowl because i kind of also if people could see it, it's just like a lot of paper in a fruit bowl mm. you should put actually the paper in a piece of fruit no go off and then i'd have a nice something to munch on what no. i'm thinking can't waste food nowadays no that's true not allowed right so are you ready to pick a category yeah here we go just mixing it all up and i picked i pick you Ooh, slaters how, Ooh, how interesting very okay. lot of them right so three <laughs> Two, one, you have 30 seconds. As many slaters as possible, go. There's Tommy. Yes. <laughs> there's... Strange first one. There's Cat. Mm-hmm. There's Mo. Yeah. There's Little Mo. Is Mo a slater? I don't know. Oh, she's no, not. He's, she's not. Sorry. Right. Okay, Little, Little Mo. Mo. Yeah. Uh, Charlie. Yes. Lynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Lynn's not either. Well, I guess she was now. Yeah, she is now. She was born a slater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
There's Bert and Ernie. Oh no, they're Moon. Um, Time's up. Oh, You've okay. really failed at this. I got five. Yeah, you could have had about fifty. Haley, Bev. Oh, Haley. Stacy. Cherry. 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 Sean. Sean Slater. Kyle Slater. Jean Slater. Kyle's two sisters. Don't know their names. Um, lots of them. Belinda. Oh, I love Belinda. <laughs> she went to Italy. Um, Viv. Never on screen, but she died. Yes. Um, so, yeah. But that's fine. You got five. Five? Which isn't very good for Slaters. You could have got a lot there. There's about 100 kids. Arthur, Lily, Hope. Well, they're Fowlers, though, aren't they're they? They're Fowlers. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if, actually, I shouldn't say this to you, but I'm wondering if Tommy is a Slater. Tommy? Tommy might be a moon. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, so I've only got four. Dear. Shot myself in the foot there. Right. Are you ready for your question to answer in four? Oh, <laughs> you're laughing, so this is going to be tough. Yeah, well, no, go on. No, it might not be. It is how many times did a character appear? In, a, in EastEnders and in 1993 classic we've very recently seen the last episode of our beloved Christine Hewitt oh I love her I love her too she <laughs> her was... gin and tonic and her spitting into her makeup her bowl soups, so she... <laughs> her soups her um, her soups her suits her suits just... and her suits. Oh, yeah. She took a French cookery course <laughs> so she could work for Kathy. Her blow dries, her date with Pete. Her... Um, it was all just amazing. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you, how many episodes did our lovely Christine Hewitt appear in on her time on the show? Okay, well, this is doable. So she left in 93 in a real <laughs> kind of like not... I expected more for her her last episode. Rather no, than no, getting Mark shouted, shouted at, by Mark. at her yeah. throughout the Vic. Um, she had an affair with... Arthur for about six months and before that she knew him probably for another six months she was only in it for about a year I don't know a shrug of the shoulders I, I see I'm not giving you any hints so I'm gonna say as my starting bet a hundred lower <sighs> Once you get to two more guesses, I'll tell you who's had appeared in high, more than her and below her. Okay. That'd be a bit of fun. Oh, that's nice. 80. Higher. Ooh, okay. So I'm on my last two guesses now. Okay, well, person who's appeared more than her, mm. the next character is Bailey Baker. <laughs> okay. She had, she's been in longer, though. She's been in, what, two years now? Yeah, but I'm talking about appearances. Yeah, but if you've been in a soap for longer, you should be in it. More appearances, I would have thought. Who's well, been in less, know. though? Who's been in less? Marcus Christie. And he was in it for years and years and years. He was, but not often. He was only <laughs> in it like off, now and then. Oh, that doesn't really help. It's but, interesting though. But thank you for the clues. Um, higher than 80. I'm going uh, to guess 95. Lower. <sighs> this is my last guess. 87. Lower. <sighs> you were very close with 80. She appeared in 81 episodes. Oh, goodness. So there you go. 81. You didn't win. Yep. That's quite a few, considering she was only in it for a year. Mm. Well, she took over Pauline's role, didn't she, for months when she was off screen. Oh, yeah, when she, she went to New Zealand. House. Yeah. She lived in the house and moved in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love you, Christine Hewitt. I loved Christine. Mm. The only thing I didn't like that they did with Christine is they slowly made her a little bit... Erratic. Yeah, and bunny boilerish. Mm. And I think that kind of ruined Christine near the end. And, and, and I also feel like it wasn't entirely Christine's fault. I blame Arthur. Yeah, same. What they should do is get her back to be friends with Kathy. Yeah. She needs a friend, Kath. And her and Miss Hewitt got on. Yeah, but how old would Miss Hewitt be now? She'd be like 95, 100, Yeah, it doesn't matter. She can be friends with Big Mo. Wheel her down the, down the bridge street. <laughs> right, so there you go. That was another incorrect answer on Pauline's Fruit Bowl. Right, so we had like a little um, a little moment between Phil and Linda this week. It was a nice moment as yeah, well. it's very nice. Nice, nice character-driven see... moments for Phil. Yeah, nice to see two good actors. Not to say people aren't <laughs> bad, good actors. Jags. But it's nice to see them kind of have a scene together and, and a calm, not shouting, not having a go at one another, development of a story. Finally, Linda's story is actually taking the direct route that it should have taken a month ago, at least. Mm -hmm. Not shooting Keanu in the arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> having her erratically walking around Christmas Day, you know, just silly stuff like that. Just sensationalist stuff. Didn't need it for Linda's story. Linda's story needed to be what's happening right now. And that's a real heartfelt kind of kitchen sink kind of drama. Mm -hmm. And it was by the kitchen sink. It really was, with her rubber gloves, <laughs> opening bottles of whiskey and basically trying yeah. to pour it down Phil's testing, neck. <laughs> testing Phil a bit. Um, and she went to her meeting and she was able to speak and Phil was watching on. I thought that was a really sweet moment. So before that, Linda said that she didn't think that... I think she felt a bit upset that Phil had insinuated that she couldn't 
basically stay at the pub and she wasn't ready to Mm. do the meetings and so as almost a punishment toward phil she then opened a bottle of alcohol in front of him and said oh i bet this is tempting i bet you really would like a a few you know Mm. little drops of this that's what you're going to be around if you own the vic and stuff yeah and it's a good point it was a very good point but phil didn't rise to her bait and Eventually, they kind of found a common ground and Linda asked him to be her sponsor. And we didn't really find out then whether he would or not. And so then when you saw her at the AA meeting or the, you know, the Mm. dependency meeting, she kept looking at the door to see if Phil would walk in. And I thought that was a really (laughs) nice, sweet moment. that They had this kind of bond and this Mm. moment together that now Linda was quite dependent on the way that what, what Phil thought and what Phil... At first, she didn't care what Phil thought of her. And now she did care what Phil thought of her and wanted his his strength to help her carry forward the strength that Shirley had alluded to a week or so ago that he has himself been able to topple his dependency Mm. problems. I wonder what Shirley will make of Linda and Phil being friends, stepping Mm. on Shirley's shoes. Yeah. She went like that, will she? But um, I do think it's still, they're still driving it home to us that Phil is buying the Vic and Linda said to him, oh yeah, you can buy it. Like (laughs) she needs permission (laughs) for some reason. But um, the last we saw Sharon, she said to him, don't buy it for me. Yeah. So I don't know why Phil's still got this in his head that it's going to make him and Sharon this perfect couple again. And he does still think that's what's going to happen, doesn't he? Which is a bit odd. When Linda brought it up she, she said you're only doing it for for sharon you know phil didn't say no or yes to it but you kind of got the impression that is the reason yeah, why he's it doing definitely. it definitely yeah um, so it's a bit odd that phil's really doing this i'm still expecting someone to come in suddenly and surprise us danny hardcastle oh god that's how they're going to introduce him as the main character do you imagine he is going to become the new no. vic owner Ugh. you mark my words danny hardcastle i've gone awful. from i've gone from one nomination to the next i admit that wholeheartedly <laughs> chrissy watts is still my ideal pick well mine's christine hewitt <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna open a little french bistro there can yeah, she yeah she can rename it arthur's no she won't she'd call it hewitt's after her bus empire mm. It is typical, like, we've just had these really good character-driven scenes with Phil, mm. and then next week we're then straight back into the same old rubbish. It's yeah. like, why can't this Phil stay around a bit longer? Because it's so much better. I know we keep going back to classic EastEnders, because it's just <laughs> so damn good at the moment, but it is. seeing Phil how he was in the 90s, like, mm. yeah, he could push his weight around if he wanted to. But he was understanding, he was yeah, caring. He could listen to people's problems, he didn't go headstrong into anything but he was he helped people and he helped people he helped his community as well he would Mm. help kathy if he had problems in the square michelle yeah he doesn't like her particularly yeah 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 but you know it was there you know grant was always the vicious one the one who kind of didn't think just went in with his you know with his his fists Mm. and that's the feel i would like to see back because having seen him this week with linda in those scenes even with that moment with gene this week when gene was kind of throwing shade at him yeah and he kind of pulled it in and he didn't you know he understood there was that moment when Jean made the kind of her losing her family and I think it kind of struck a chord to feel losing Dennis again and you saw that through you know his emotion and through mm. his, his expression at Jean and instead of just being like tell her to get away he just <laughs> kind of said just tell her to go you know yeah it's not yeah they're not in the, the mood the old it. Phil's still there though because Phil was recycling <laughs> so there is still that softer side to him he likes a green he recycles because Bailey had a go at him once probably for yeah. he's remembered yep he, he listens to the children they are the, <laughs> they are the future I found that interesting when Jean had that um, had a go at him um, she mentioned Stacy being the one that hit him yeah and he thinks it's Cat, doesn't he no he knows it's Stacy now Oh, does he? Yeah, that all got revealed, remember? He just oh. That's why he wanted the money. I thought he looked at her a bit like, what are you saying no. when she said that? In fact, we've chatted about this before because we, we've said that Stacey can come back without any repercussions now, easily, because oh, okay. everyone knows that it was her who did it. Yeah, mm. no, he, I'm, because, I'm um, fairly certain he knows now. With the Jean storyline that we've got, we had like moments where... Because um, Jean called Whitney Stacey um, and she keeps going on about she's phoning the police about Whitney being missing, even though Whitney's not missing. Mm. Um, and she's obviously not taking her medication. But there was a strange thing when she said to Kush, oh, I know that me and Stacey, we've fallen out. That's why we're not talking. That's why she's not here. And it's like, is this something that happened off screen? That they're not making excuses why Stacey's not here now? I wondered that too. However, someone on our Twitter actually got in touch with us because we kind of posed that question out on our Twitter okay. feed. And they made a good theory, which is which is probably right, actually, that perhaps Jean... Could 
because she mistook Whitney as Stacy, then had that falling out with Whitney because Whitney ran away. And the first scene on Tuesday was, oh, I don't know why, you know, she won't admit oh, that's that she why ran she away. So they she's kind of, out. so she thinks that Stacy and Whitney are maybe one of the same. And so that falling out was actually with Whitney, oh. but she believes it was with Stacy. So actually, very subtle and very well if done. If that is the case. If that is the case. If it's a, <laughs> if just not, a, then it was awful. If it's just a lucky coincidence, then still take it, embrace mm. it, make it your own writers, say that. Yeah, because obviously Kush is handling the whole Slater clan by himself. Oh Bless my him. God, Kush is like, if, if it hadn't been for them adding Kush and Kat as a relationship, the Slaters I would have no time for. Mm. Kush has just made that family interesting again. And it's perfect. And the yeah, relationship... And he works really well with all of them as yeah, well. Yeah, really does. His 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 relationship with all of them is perfect. Him with Gene is great watching scenes with them together. Him with Tommy is good too. I mean, mm. Tommy is a good little actor actually. Us talking earlier on the show about how young actors should be introduced and more stories should be given. I mean, this Tommy story, I would happily ride that train. Mm. And I would would love to know more about Tommy and his state at school and his dyslexia and his problems and watching that story progress and learning more about it. I, I was a bit upset with how how they portrayed Mo when Kush was trying to tell. <laughs> loved that. I yeah, he was, he was <laughs> trying to tell her that, that Jean wasn't up for it. And I know Mo's always been a comedy character, but she has had layers before. But the way she kind of just didn't seem to care when Kush was saying it about Jean, I was a bit like, oh, mm. I would have liked something a bit more less cartoony in that moment because. She does have it in her, Big Mo, to have a half-sensible scene. Well, she does get very upset normally when it's family-related. Yeah. But I don't, I don't suppose she sees Jean as direct family. Mm. So, she, I mean, they're both, if you think about it, outsiders that have come into the Slater family. They both married into it. Yeah. So I suppose they're kind of, that, that kind of relationship is a bit strained between them. But yeah, I agree with you. But I, I have to honestly say, I enjoyed the scenes when Kush was talking to Mo and he was desperately trying to get her on board to help <laughs> out and Mo didn't want anything and to she do just with wanted it the food that he was cooking yeah basically yeah because he, he sort of he said to Shirley that he's a bit worried about Jean and she was like oh no Shirley's the one that I was most upset mm, with her dismissiveness that was strange of it. as well like why was she so dismissive considering that she was meant to be championing Jean this whole time she was the one that really confused me mm. and I liked when um because obviously we don't like when Jean's off her meds but the, when she like the way she stands up to Suki I really enjoy mm. when she's bitter and angry towards her and not properly Jean. I think that actually is quite well. Mm. And, and like Suki hates it that someone's talking to her like this. Oh yeah, Suki will not be talked down to. Mm. She is this she is this queen. She's care. on the throne. Oh no, not yeah. at all. So I, I did find that funny the way she talked to her. But she then said, Oh well where are your kids? Yeah. It's like, oh. She had to stick that knife in, didn't she? So don't bring up the Stacey storyline, Suki. No one understands where she is. <laughs> mm. I also I also like that when Jean was having a go at Phil, and as you said, she was like throwing the recycling back over the wall to Phil's house, that when she would throw a piece of cardboard, you'd hear a bottle breaking. Yeah, that was odd. <laughs> the sound I effect department were having a whale of a time. <laughs> like just putting all kinds of sounds. A duck quacking yeah. and all kinds of stuff. It was really silly. It was like a cardboard and like a milk carton. Yeah, and, and you just made a crash. <laughs> Unless all of Sharon's bottles of wine are lined up in the back and they got smashed when a milk carton hit them, maybe. I don't think Sharon started drinking when she left, had she? She was still on the lemonade and orange juice. Mm. She's a new woman. God knows then. She'll come back, though, with a bottle (laughs) under her arm. But um, Kush does ask her outright and Jean says, no, I am. Of course I'm taking my meds. Mm. Um, which is obviously a lie because he finds all her prescriptions and stuff. But then he says to her, I think you need to start taking the drugs. And she says, it's too late for that now. Mm. And so she, he's now having to come up with a plan of almost <laughs> forcing her to take the drugs. He is. And I am crushing them in and... In her soup. Yes. Bless her. But it's the fact that when you saw him do it and he quickly popped it in the soup, stirred it around, gave it to her on the table, mm. stirred it around, served it to her on the table. He he seemed visibly upset that he had to fool Jean into taking her drugs. And again, that really made me feel for Kush and the situation that he's landed himself into. Like he only had this relationship with Kat and now he's having to yeah, look after he's having to look after Tommy and get him homeschooled and educated by Isaac. He's fighting tooth and nail for Jean, having to apologise for her mm. around the square. Kat's God knows where. They've not really mentioned that still. Just mm. Kat's had to go. So are these stories that were meant to be for Sh- for Kat and Kush and now it's been landed on the shoulders of just Kush? Not- <laughs> it's good though because Darude is... I was going to say... He, like, he needs some good material. Very capable shoulders. Yeah. Very hard, sexy so- shoulders as well, let's be <laughs> honest. And, you know, I think it's... He's just... He's just pulling it off. Like... And this is the kind of stories that we I like to see. The fact that, like, all these, like, big stories and they're... 
they're the actors who play these big characters are the ones who kind of get nominated for like the praise and the awards and yet Davood is kind of doing these little mm. family stories in the background the ones that I'm most invested in as well like yeah, they, the ones just at home at home mm. and on Tuesday's episodes when they showed those like Tuesday and Monday this week were actually two really good episodes too mm, they were Tuesdays was um, Mondays was really really good like the direction was great I just hate the silly music that's the only problem I had with that episode because mm. it was a real character driven episode and the second episode was really good too but yeah it's just the music nice little package they but there was no music on the second episode so it was good Mm. but again because of that it seemed like a stark it seemed like two completely different Mm. shows do you know what i mean like because the monday's episode was the way it was and it was even filmed different like it was so different Ah, that's what i was going to say i i I know you don't like the music but the the way it was filmed on monday i thought Mm. was was visually actually very impressive yeah that's what i mean with like the direction mm. and the shots they use and they're using the sets differently yeah the angle the lighting different. is different yeah they're using fog machine <laughs> they're using fog. but there's also fog there's items in the foreground that yeah. kind of you can so you, it's almost like you're sat at the bar like the patrick and denise scene i mm. felt like i was sat at opposite the bar, the looking, bar at them looking at them talking yeah. yeah it was really well done it was good so shoot eastenders like monday but sound well, I say sound like on a Tuesday, but then don't let the sound department able to add random sound effects from when <laughs> cardboard is thrown over a wall. Yeah, it's just one little. That's mistake. our advice. But um, much yeah. do better. It was a it was a good week, and there's lots going on, and there's like next week there's lots of new storylines starting. Yes, so hopefully it'll be a bit more interesting now. I mean, it's not been that bad. The trouble is, it's been split in half over a month. This is the problem. So and they're having to stretch stories. I I do suspect strongly that they are deliberately cutting stories so that perhaps they're able to eke out maybe another two or three episodes mm. as, the, as they're going along. I do. And I don't know if you've noticed, but have you noticed also the episodes seem shorter as well? They, they, yeah, they seem a few cut things down. missing, isn't there, I think? Well, lengthwise, I mean. Mm. Like, instead of them being 27 minutes, which they normally are, I've noticed on a couple they've been about 24. So it, I think it's, I think they're kind of pinching little bits and pieces here and there so they're able to make another two episodes just so they can just <laughs> stretch it out a little bit longer because mm. of filming schedule going to be a bit more tougher right so yeah that's the week rounded up so we're going to go on to everyone's comments and answers to questions and all sorts next and you know me i ain't one to gossip yes it's the time of the show where we just read out some of your comments you sent to us on our social media all the details will be at the end of the show so stay tuned to the very end so you can find out how you get in touch with us had a few comments this week um some of them relating to uh me being on channel 5 news did i mention i've been on channel 5 news you haven't on this actually yet no (laughs) you were plug um basically i talked about whether eastenders was going to mention lockdown or the coronavirus when they start to refilm again and i actually put the question out to everyone on our social media too and a few people did get in touch so i thought read some of them out at looney laura said even when they don't do much in the way of referencing the real world it's still always very strange to me karen talking about boris in the fridge for instance was very weird mm, they're gonna have to at least mention it mm. it has to be mentioned yeah they um, can't not you know the, the fact that perhaps also some of the characters will still be self-isolating or mm. staying at home plus we don't know like in like three months time we don't know what the new normal sort of thing is so they're going to mm. have to incorporate it because it is set in the real world because mm. they insert topical things in it oh no i agree with you entirely mm. at lizzie bennett 21 says they can't include royal weddings babies and ve day and the olympics and other worldly events and not refer to this too exactly that's exactly it and Mr. Mouth1117 says it's too important an event in history to just gloss over it and pretend it never happened. I mean, that's another point, isn't it? I mean, EastEnders is in some ways a document of history, if you think about mm, it. Like it is. When we're watching uh, the classic episodes, there's bits in it where it's pop up and they mention in, in the, you know, that's happened in news and so forth. Mm. And I always say to you, I was like, oh my goodness, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's so, why it's so good about like soaps, like things that have been on for 30 years. Like you can go back to 85 and you can see like the type of language they used to use back then, the fashion, the music the um you know people going through recessions like that it's like a little catalogue of this is what our country was and this type of time Mm. so they have to reference it they have to i know it's a soap and i know it's a it's it's forged into like it's it's a fictitious story but at the same time as you say there's there's things that are happening in the world of eastenders that can't be faked and uh ignored and yeah this Mm. is probably one of them plus they can use it as an opportunity to create storylines from it Mm. let us know what storylines you'd like to see them create from (laughs) from 
from COVID-19. That'd be fun to hear, actually, some of your stories out there. So we've also had you getting in touch with us about this week's EastEnders episodes too. Hugh Thomas on our Facebook group said, What stunning episodes. Best in a long time. If good drama is about those one-to-one encounters and tension, building up storylines to those moments of the grip and beautiful montages to crown it all, Whitney has told us all about those men and we can all see where that's going. Brilliant stuff. So yeah. Yeah. High praise. High praise indeed. Melissa Cox on our Facebook group said, when Chantel said, I'm a tailor, it was a sign that she won't be with Atkins for very long. Mm, it's like the most fiery we've ever seen Chantel, really. Mm, like, she she's never up. been really a tailor before, has she? No. Melissa also says, great chemistry in the scene between Phil and Linda's two-hander. Should have the option to mute that awful tinkly piano music, though. <laughs> Good. No one likes it. Just get rid of it. Can I just quickly put my two cents in about the music? Because we all know that you don't like it. Mm. When done properly, as I've mentioned before, Boat Week, when Whitney was admitting her crime to the police, it works nicely. I'm not disagreeing with that. Mm. It's when Leo knocks on the door and you hear a... (laughs) And they focus on Whitney's face. I think you're... Yeah, but also I think you're obsessive a little bit on the whole warehouse scene when Martin and Keanu had that. Yeah, that was stupid. Boom, boom. The time when Linda cleaned up bottles around the house with music was stupid. Although that was a proper montage, though. That they was kept awful. cutting from one bit yeah, to the next. It was just awful. <laughs> when they use it every now and then, like once every eight months, it's mm. good. But they don't. They use it every episode, so I don't like well, it. No. Well, well no, recently it has. Been. I think that if they used it, if they used it more subtly, more often, you'd wouldn't notice it as much. It's I would they, notice it. Yeah, but it's because they use it as a one-off. Every, what, two, three weeks, if that, that it's notable. No. Mm. They don't want to get used to it because then it will be there forever. They just need to get rid of it. Can it? Spring back Julia's theme instead. Yeah, that's, well, that's long missing too. When When is anyone ever going to get, get Julia's theme? don't get it now. Theme? You get piano instead. That's the new... Yeah, but they couldn't that's... have done Julia's theme after five minutes of the episode opening. <laughs> and that's the end. They could. Well, yeah, but then they would have had to re-edit how Isaac found out. But then it wouldn't have suited Julia's theme that moment. I know, but they don't use... That's what I'm saying. They don't use Julia's theme Oh, I agree with you on that. They, they need use, to use that more often. Yeah, they don't. They use incidental music instead. Like the end of Boat Week could have been Julia's theme, but they use piano. This is very, this is what's lacking in the Oats and Sen era. No Julia's theme. One last comment then on our Twitter, at Rena Latina G. I would love Mitch to work it out between Chantel and Grey and also her mum because she worships Grey. It's so difficult to watch. Yeah. I mean, got that, Mitch. We we all had. Well, we all thought Mitch was going to get the the Vic. I mean, it would, the most sense would be that her parents were the ones who found out first but i would pref- i because i'm not on board with mitch i would rather that it was found out by someone else first and i'm not actually okay with Corit finding out yeah and being like a kind of like a guardian and ash to maybe tell him mm. maybe he'll mention it to ash that she was about to say something and ash could say oh, i shouldn't say this but you're my brother what i'll oh. do is i'll let everyone know all about how you can get in touch with us so there are more com- <laughs> there were more comments but there's no time then no. if you want to get in touch with us you can get in touch with us on twitter and instagram just using the handle at wolford weekly you can also get in touch with us on our facebook group just search wolford weekly podcast and then click to join it's a really great community and we have lots of fun chats and so I really strongly recommend you all come and join in. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate us five stars if you enjoy the show and also leave a comment. It helps us get found by lots of new listeners too so it really encourages just people to uh, find us too. But you can also find us on Podbean, on Spotify or any of your favourite podcast apps as well. Don't forget to subscribe. If you found us on YouTube, ring the bell as well. And don't forget to vote on our awards bit.ly slash wolfordvote20. Lovely. Is that all? That's everything. Other than to say, everyone stay safe, take care of one another, and we'll see you. Goodbye. Goodbye. We'll see you soon.